Hello, friends, and welcome to Meta with Madison, where modern spirituality meets real life. This show takes a holistic approach to the modern day spiritual journey, where we share the stories and advice of both spiritual adventurists and regular folk looking to live more awakened, empowered lives. All topics are fair game for the show, from aliens and energy to fitness and relationships, because hey, it's all interconnected. Whether it's just me or with a featured guest, we'll be sharing perspectives, strategies, and tools to help you transcend limiting perspectives and transform your life. If you're interested in working with me or have something you'd like to share, find me on Instagram at themetawithmadison or on my website at madisonhatton.com. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Meadow with Madison. I am your host, Madison Hatton, and I thought there would be no better way to kick off this podcast than to share a little bit of my own story how I got on the spiritual journey and some of the most influential teachers slash guides slash resources that I've stumbled upon on my way to where I am today. A little bit about the mission of this podcast. I don't want this show to just be about people's spiritual experiences and the practices that they recommend for people, but I ultimately want to help people approach everyday life with the mindset of what did I learn about myself today and what can I do to show up better for myself and for others tomorrow? Sometimes I feel spirituality gets a bad rap because it can seem so distant from the way we live our day-to-day lives. And to me, what spirituality is all about is taking these tools and practices to help you live a better life, to live a fuller, happier, brighter experience, and to discover your inner truth. So with that being said, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I started to explore that inner truth. And that takes us all the way back to my undergraduate studies at Long Beach State. At the time, I came in as a freshman wanting to study music composition, but I ultimately switched into classical vocal performance. And I had been doing music since the age of five. I started piano lessons then, and I had always had a naturally gifted singing voice. Um, And so music has been a very significant part of my life and is still today. Um, But in tandem with that, another important fact, I grew up in the Catholic Church. I was born and raised Catholic, and I started doing the music for the masses around the age of 10. Um, Even with that, um, being so involved in the church in in a professional way, Um, I always held on to a faith of something that was a higher power, something beyond the physical world. In particular, I have always been fascinated with the supernatural, 
meaning ghosts, angels, and demons, and witches. And (laughs) funny enough, these are kind of the things the Catholic Church really doesn't talk about much. Um, And if it is, it usually comes with a negative connotation. When we think about um, spirits and stuff, we automatically jump to the thought of demons and exorcisms and whatnot. But I, (laughs) I remember... Um, being a child and just begging to to have an angel visit me and see this with my own eyes. Um, and I used to watch so many shows on TV about people who had haunted houses and how they would have to have a priest or a pastor come to their house and perform an exorcism to um, cleanse the house of any dark spirits. So I'd always been fascinated with what we would call anything behind the veil. And fast forward back to my college years, um, I was around 19 years old, and I don't remember how or why um, I came across this particular thing, but I came across a book called The Silva Mind Control Method, and it was in the Long Beach State Library. And I did a little bit more research about what it was. Um, And I came to find that the Silva Mind Control Method is about the four different brainwave levels we have. We have our beta, which we are in, um, in our like daily to day tasks. We have our alpha level. We have our theta level, and we have our delta level. level. And theta and delta are usually reserved for those levels of consciousness we experience in a deep, deep meditative state, or we are sleeping, or in a coma. So we're talking about the depths of our consciousness slash going into our subconscious. And this method is all about accessing these different levels to achieve or do things that we would normally not be able to do um, just in our normal beta state. And 19-year-old me was like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to learn how to, you know, have super memory or or be able to tap into like a super conscious? Um, so I dove in and learned a lot um, about the science behind it and the different strategies that they had to access these these um, brain states. And one of the biggest ones was meditation. So that was my first introduction to meditation. And one day I was on YouTube looking for um, a binaural beat meditation. Um, If you don't know what that is, it'd just be easier for you to look it up on your own time. Um, And I looked to the sidebar on YouTube and on the side there is a title that says, Um, do this to manifest big things, Um, do this and the universe will come to you. This is how you get into alignment. And there was a picture of a lady. um, So I decided to click on this video out of curiosity. And as I'm listening to the video, it happens to just be audio. So there is no 
person I'm seeing, I'm actually speak these words. It's a lady who's speaking with such like conviction and, and fluid grammar, um, is very put together and very coherent in her expression. And she's saying things like getting into alignment and um, a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. And I didn't know who this was, but I was asking myself, who is this lady? The stuff that I'm hearing sounds really interesting and I am enticed to continue to listen to more. So I probably spent a couple of hours just going through video and video and video. And eventually I'm starting to get the idea that they're talking about something called the law of attraction. And so I'm also learning that the person that's apparently speaking is called Abraham Hicks. It's an interesting name for a lady, wouldn't you say? Um, So I thought to myself, is this like a group of people and she's a representative? I'm not quite sure. But I decided to do some research on that later. Um... And when I finally did, I looked up the website, um, it explains that Abraham is described as a group of consciousness from the non-physical dimension, and Hicks is the last name of the lady who brings through their information. Something later we will talk about, which is channeling. She is channeling this information. And the platform or the theory that they stand on is that you slash I slash all of us are source energy beings who came here to create the reality you desire to live. And you do this through something called the law of attraction. So what is the law of attraction? Basically, it is a universal law that energy attracts like energy. And that means you are energy, I am energy, we are energy, the chair I'm sitting on is energy, the computer is energy, Um, and all of this energy has a frequency, vibrates at a certain frequency. Now, the frequency at which we vibrate is what gets reflected back to us in our external reality because like energy attracts like energy. Now, here's the big kicker. We can tell what type of frequency we are vibrating at through our thoughts and emotions. Our emotions kind of work in a hierarchy that tells us how close we are in alignment with our true self, our meaning that we are these infinite creator beings and that everything that we desire to experience in life is already within us. It's already manifested with us. And we were given this emotional body as kind of our true north or our compass to tell us when we are in flow of that inner truth of being an infinite creator being, or if we are in a lot of resistance. So I'll give you an example. If you're having a thought that's saying, oh, I really, really um, don't think I can do this, or I 
um, I'm really, really broke or saying I don't have enough money or resources to do this thing. Um, you'll probably be greeted with a feeling of maybe it's neutral, but maybe a feeling of discouragement. Now, the feeling of discouragement is a little bit on the lower end of this emotional hierarchy, and things that would be above that are kind of um, contentment, happiness, joy, ecstasy, and so with all of these other emotions that are representing a higher vibration, um, that feeling of discouragement is telling us, oh, well, that belief that we're carrying is not in alignment with um, the, the truth or the inner, inner ability that we already have as creator beings and that it's already there. We just need to align with it. So anyways, there's a lot more to this, um, and I'm sure I will talk about it in another episode, probably with another person, but I was inhaling all this information about law of attraction, and I was like, oh my gosh, so all I have to do is like think really good thoughts and be happy all the time, and I'm just going to get everything that I want in life, meaning I'm going to get the career I want and get the relationship that I want, and basically this is the um, the promise that is given through these teachings. Um, so, of course, uh, Ego Madison was like, hell yeah, I'm on board with this. I want to learn how to do this because A, the information was really resonating with me. It made me feel good. Um, And so I said, why not? I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. So there's all of these different practices um, that you can implement to help align with the things that you want to experience. Um, or to get yourself in uh, the the right vibration, in the right emotional state um, that is helping you head in the right direction. So some of these practices are journaling, affirmation rampages, and visualization meditations. And so, you know, 19, 20-year-old me um, is trying out these practices, um, trying to manifest different things into my life. I can't remember very specifics. One of them was actually trying to get into a particular voice summer program called Aspen. Um, And I remember creating like a, a vision board and all of this stuff. Um, and it was a great experience for me because it was teaching me how to become more aware of the way I was talking to myself, thinking to myself, um, and what I was paying attention to in life. Now, all of this stuff that I'm learning from Abraham Hicks becomes extremely important, um, but I don't know it yet, uh, until 2015, And in 2015, I was starting to lose my voice. Um, I'll remind you that I was um, a junior at this time, finishing up my undergraduate degree in classical vocal performance, wanting to be on track to become a professional opera singer. And I was doing a lot of rehearsals. I was doing school productions as well as productions around Los Angeles. Um, So I was singing a lot and something was happening where I was leaving rehearsals and lessons um, with a swollen voice and I wasn't recovering from it. And 
that prompted me to go check out with an ENT everything um, that was going on and get scoped and all of that. And they came back with nothing that would pinpoint a particular cause for the swelling um, or for the, the sore throats and stuff. And it eventually got so bad to the point in fall where I basically could not sing. My chords were so swollen that there was a hole in my in my singing range right in the middle. Um, and I wasn't phonating properly and it was just getting worse. So upon talking with my voice teacher about what was happening, um, she recommended to me that I go see a specialist and go visit the ENT one more time. And I went to the ENT the last time and after scoping me came back and told me that I was basically starting to form nodes on my vocal cords, which are tiny little calluses for those of you who don't know. And the only way you can get rid of these calluses are by getting surgery to get them removed, which can be highly um, dangerous, or go on complete vocal rest for a very extended period of time meaning a few months. And through the rest, the calluses will fall away and kind of help you recover, have the body repair itself. But regardless of the choice that I chose, I had to face the fact that I needed to put singing aside for a while. And for someone who had been singing for basically most of their life who was being paid to do so. It was my chosen career path. It was how I was making money at the time in college. And it was a way that I could receive external validation and did receive external validation about my um, worth, I guess, to people um, and what made me feel good about myself. When that was all of a sudden taken off the table, I felt a whirlwind of emotions and some of those emotions were embarrassment about the fact that I probably did something to my voice and destroyed it. I felt ashamed, like how could I have let this happen to me? Um, I felt really lost, like being stranded in the middle of the ocean, not knowing what to do. And really frustrated because I didn't know why I was in this position. No one could tell me the answer why my my voice was not working as it once was. And the biggest realization that I was faced with was that I lost what I had held my identity my identity and my self-worth in. And so with me choosing to go on extended vocal rest, that left me in a place where I had to ask myself two questions. It was, okay, why did this happen to me? 
and how can I create a new reality for myself? Because I just wanted to feel anything but how I was feeling right then and there. And it had never been part of my character to just give up and mope around. That wasn't kind of the family and the mindset that I was raised to have. And having previously done some of these Abraham Hicks Law of Attraction practices, I was in a place where uh, I had nothing to lose. Like the one thing that I realized I held with so much importance in my life and that cradled my identity and my self-worth had just shattered. So yeah, why not? Why not try out these things and see if I can create a new reality where my voice is healed and I'm, I'm singing and I'm well and I'm, I'm right back on track with my career. So during my time of extended vocal rest, I <laughs> decided to spend a lot of time alone. And part of that was because I still felt shame and embarrassed Most of my friends were also singers and I really didn't want to be reminded of the situation I was going through. So I isolated myself a bit, but it also gave me the opportunity to create an incubator where I could really dive in to these practices and integrate them into my everyday life and keep that discipline. So I remember waking up every morning and the first thing I would do is grab a pen and and my notebook and start writing gratitudes about how much I appreciate the sun is out today, how much I appreciated that I had a safe place to sleep that night, how I had a warm bed, how I had money to buy myself breakfast and coffee, that I still had parents who love and support me through these difficult times. And then I would go on walks or I'd go exercise and I was practicing just the mental discipline of keeping my attention towards the things that I am working towards. I'm working towards health. I'm, I'm working towards um, recovery and Then I would do meditations and I would visualize myself singing again and what that would feel like and all the emotions that I would have when I get to open my voice and have just like a a free and, and good feeling sound come out. And I did this for about two weeks to a month and while I was on vocal rest and I ended up going to the specialist and I got scoped again and he came back and told me that there was no sign of, of these nodules or, or pre-nodes. And I was like, what? So in, oh, in so much excitement, I called my voice teacher and let her know what's going on. And she told me, she's like, that's fantastic news, but I still want you to take it easy And so, you know, uh, of course, I I wanted to take it easy. um, But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, it worked. I manifested this this healing, this recovery. And uh, 
I was right at the kind of the brink of still being able to make my graduate um, application recordings for graduate school. So I told myself, okay, I'll give myself a week to recover. Um, and then I do need to, though, get through these recordings and just get my application sent off because I didn't want to wait another year. So miraculously, I make it through getting recordings. My voice is um, still a little bit sore, but, you know, I told myself, I'm just going to get it done, get through it. I will get through my auditions. And after that, I'm going to give my voice a rest. And so I did. And after my graduate school auditions, I basically took um, a good break from from singing. I wasn't practicing very much and really only sang if I had to for certain um, school requirements. Now, of course, me at the time was super stoked that I was doing these practices and ended up manifesting a healthier voice. Um, But what I will say was that I learned how to self-source my happiness and self-source a sense of peace regardless of what my external experiences looked like. That... That choice of happiness and that choice of peace was governed by what I chose to think, feel, and pay attention to during that very critical time. And what I also learned is not only how much I had put my self-worth into something that was a service to other people, um, but I learned that I could do anything as a career or be in any position and still be able to feel like I had power, like I was loved because I was, I think for the first time in my life, truly loving myself and not getting validation or permission from another person via compliment or conversation or through a romantic relationship in order to feel that. And so from Abraham Hicks, I continued to dive into these practices and keep that mental discipline that I'd learned, I paid attention to the way I thought, to the way I spoke to other people, and ultimately to uh, stop the momentum of, you know, the feelings that were not great and, and really intervening when I had to with like sleeping or putting myself in a different environment. And I kept these things going on um, as I was moving into grad school in 2016. And I will say that the approach that I took with Abraham Hicks was very much black and white. It was very much about me, myself, and I and manifesting the things that I wanted to, to experience in life. And 
although Abraham Hicks talked about source energy beings, um, he never really talked about, well, what is a source energy being in context to the rest of the world, the universe, like where, what is this hierarchy of energy? Is there other energy out um, beyond the humans? Because Abraham apparently is a non-physical consciousness. Is there more? Uh, Is there something in between? Um, And what is this type of connection that we have to everything? So these were the questions I were not necessarily asking myself at the time until um, in 2017, I ended up coming across a spiritual teacher named Bentinho Massaro. And I think in the same way I came across Abraham Hanks, it was through some random YouTube video where he was also speaking about the law of attraction um, and going into a little bit more detail. So a little bit of a background. Bentinho aligns more with the Eastern ancient yogic traditions and And ultimately through him, not only was I able to grasp a deeper understanding of where law of attraction stood in context to how all of reality is, but I was exposed to an entire new world and perspective of how the universe is constructed and my place in all of that as a human being incarnated on planet Earth at this time. So Bentinho's teachings kind of have a, a multifaceted approach. There, there's some Western philosophy, very Alan Watts-esque. Um, then we have the Eastern yogic practices. Um, that's all about having the experience of enlightenment, in a way, and information coming from somewhere about, again, the construct of the universe, masculine and feminine energy, um, dimensions slash densities, um, and the, the subtleties of the energetic body. So now my world was expanding from, okay, just this 3D physical world of getting cars and money and houses and careers and jobs and relationships and and whatever to now looking at okay well what does all of this really mean um and what is the purpose of being a, a source energy being is there much more to the picture and the goal of Bentinho's teachings is to help us understand that we all are energy beings with immeasurable potential and that you can achieve the experience of this enlightened being um, through the detachment of your ego. And you could do this through the direct experience um, you can have in meditation. So Bentinho was a really big advocate for a particular type of practice brought from um, Ramana Maharshi, 
who is a yogi. And this practice is called self-inquiry. It is a meditation practice that really helps you dissociate from the external world and distractions and help build your inner awareness. And so you basically sit down, comfortable position, um, close your eyes, you silence all the thoughts and the noise as best as you can, and you ask yourself one question, and that is, who am I? And you sit in, in stillness and silence, and the answer per se is the experience itself. You're not going to hear like a little voice that goes, you are a source energy being. No, it's, it's all about the experience, the feeling of the energetic body, the, the inner knowing that becomes more and more apparent. And so with all of this new information I was learning from Bentinho about the construct of reality, um, the energetic body, these different practices and I I found it to be the perfect counterbalance to my older obsession with emotion and and thoughts and manifesting things um, and just the experiences in general that I was having in the third dimensional plane. The biggest thing I really learned was to detach and dissociate from the external world what was going on in my own personal life and and collective and be able to put those things aside and to awaken to a much more expansive understanding and desire to know myself beyond my human body and all the physical shit I can manifest. And the reason why it was so profound and the reason why I stuck with all of this information and these practices was because I was experiencing that. I was experiencing such peace and bliss in that stillness of meditating. And it's really hard to sit here and try to explain it because, again, it's one of those things about just try it for yourself. And it does take time. It is a discipline. It is a practice. But all of a sudden, everything else paled in comparison to that peace, that inner peace I was finding through these practices. And in tandem with the understanding or the belief in, if you want to call it, kind of like the the structure of densities and dimensions of the reality that is the universe um, and the connection between the non-physical and the physical, all of a sudden that became the realness and this physical world became kind of like a playground or a dream and and you know stuff started to not really matter and it wasn't attached to outcomes as so much so much as I was before and it was a really nice contrast to sometimes the pressure I was feeling or maybe the subconscious anxiety I felt from having bad days or having bad emotions um, and thinking about what the consequences of that would be, 
uh, based off of sometimes the black and white nature that law of attraction is explained or taught. So I followed Bentinho for quite some time, um, and I eventually went to see him in person for a workshop in Manhattan, and there I met a friend who eventually introduced me to a more, I would say, immersive experience of channeling and channelers. Now, I obviously had a lot of experience with Abraham Hicks, who is a who is a person who channels a non-physical being called Abraham. Um, but it wasn't really quite explained to me what channeling is. And so what channeling is, or a channeler is, is someone who is a medium for higher consciousness to flow through and be expressed in some form meaning verbally or written down. Now, the big thing that gets people turned off or are very skeptical about channeled material and resources is where it's coming from. Who slash what is being channeled? What is on the other side? Um, and this com- world was completely new to me and... I am a person who has always been fascinated with the supernatural and I believed in angels and and demons and and ghosts and stuff. So non-physical beings, energy, aliens, extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, was not really something that was a far reach for me to um, grasp. So I was like, hey, why not? I will look more into this. And so I started participating in weekly channeling events where you could ask literally anything you want, whether it's something about your life, what you're going through, or something about the universe or maybe past lives, whatever. And I was just inhaling all of this information. And in tandem with uh, participating in these channeling events and inhaling channeled books and in videos. I was also continuing all of the practices I had learned from Bentinho and Abraham. I was meditating every day, sometimes twice a day. I was journaling daily, particularly in the morning. Um, and I had even started a spirituality meetup group where I invited anyone and everyone who had an interest in either learning more about spirituality or sharing their experiences to meet twice a week on a Saturday night at some random restaurant in Boston, and we would just talk. Um, And I will say that was probably one of the most profound, um, eye-opening experiences that I have had to date all of the things I've learned and the people I came across. It's amazing. I'll talk about that later. But with all of this stuff really integrated into my daily routine, um, I was having these crazy dreams 
um, like energetic spasms when I'm taking naps and, and sleeping at night. Um, and some examples would be having dreams with people who I haven't seen in like almost a year or two. And then a few days later, um, they manifest like walking down the street, <laughs> like near where I live. Uh, and a lot of other crazy synchronicities. There's a lot of stories I'd love to tell you guys. Um, and I will save those for another time. But I'm really starting to have this this blend or this blur between these two worlds. Um, and they are now starting to feel more integrated because I'm not shutting out my emotions. Um, I'm, I'm learning that, yes, you know, being an enlightened person can be really, really cool, but we're on this planet for a reason and um, to have a human experience. And so I feel like at this point, things are starting to balance out. And uh, I, to this day, still um, listen to a lot of channeled material. And when I say I've come across a lot of stuff out there, it's very true. Um, You know, there's stuff about predictions with the world. There's things that they say about you personally. And the reason why channeling has played such a profound part in my journey is because every bit of wisdom or advice that I had received about my own life or experiences I was moving through was right. And don't get me wrong, there was a lot of stuff that was told to me that I didn't want to hear, that I didn't agree with at the time. But upon reflecting after those experiences, after my emotions were out of the way and my ego was kind of calmed down a little bit, I realized that the advice I was getting and the wisdom I was receiving um, was the right thing. And I have become a better, more empowered, brighter, loving person because the number one thing that any true channeler, channeled being says is that everything that you need in this life, every piece of strength, every piece of love, every piece of joy, every, every desire that you have, any power that you wish to behold is within you. Any answer that you're looking for, any savior that you're waiting for lies within you. And to me, that sounds way more true than any other human teacher or guru or spiritual guide, whatever that comes to you and says, listen to me, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, You don't know what you're talking about. So 
on top of that sense of empowerment, the second biggest lesson I've learned is that I, we, you are here incarnated on this planet for a reason. And that reason is to discover and to have the experience of being that creator being. And it's funny how <laughs> you go on these journeys and you, you, you know, one thing that you b- believed was right, maybe the next step along the journey, you say, oh, I was wrong then. And then maybe 10 steps down the road later, you come back and you're like, oh, that original thought was right. I look back now on what Abraham Hicks was trying to say about the law of attraction. And yes, they, you know, they affirm people who are asking, can I manifest the thing? Can I manifest the car? Can I manifest the the lover, the 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 career that I want? And they said, yes, but one part I was always not quite attuned to that they were also saying was, but when you become a master manifester or when you really are able to do these practices, you realize that if you can just step into happiness by choice, if you can step into empowerment, if you can step into joy or ecstasy without anything externally needing to be a certain way, none of it matters because all of a sudden you realize that that's what it's all about anyways. You want that thing, that car, that relationship, that house, that vacuum, whatever, that piece of food for the feeling that it provides you, for the feeling it gives you permission to feel. And if you are able to do that already, then there's no need for the thing. And coming back to all of the rest of this channel information that I've received, I have now understood that, yes, we are here incarnated on this planet for a reason, and it's not to manifest things, but it's to have the experience of discovering that we are creators um, and that there is no separation between you and I, between you and that thing that you want. It's all within. And the beauty of being human is not about the destination or the manifestation. It's about the journey the um, blossoming into that, the unfolding, the anticipation. And so the last thing I will say about people who are so caught up in, well, people say that channel information comes from aliens. I don't believe in all that stuff. You know, that's okay. You don't have to believe in the Andromedan system or the Pleiadians or the Arcturians or, you know, um, your dead grandmother talking to you in spirit. It's okay. You don't have to, to believe that. But the two things I will say are take the information that works for you and leave the rest. 
And two, if you are afraid or skeptical of just trying out the advice, the information, or pondering it, or thinking, okay, whatever, what if this is true? What do you have to lose? I don't think you're going to lose anything by considering the fact that "Mm, maybe I can feel better on my own or maybe I can, you know, self-source love without, you know, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a partner. Maybe I can be happy without things needing to be a certain way. Wouldn't you want to just try it out for yourself? And if it is an experience that you do have fantastic, you learn something about yourself. And if it's something that you did try out, and when I say try out, authentically try out, and it didn't work for you, then you learned something about yourself. But again, I really believe that this life that we are all living is about exploration, is about discovery, is about continually working to know yourself. And you can't really do that by just sitting on the sidelines, observing what other people are doing. You have to get in the game. In the game, you might get hurt. You might cause a foul. You might mess up. But you also might score. And you might win. And you might, I don't know, become better and happier. So I will leave it at that and I'll wrap up saying that the future of this podcast will be about taking a deeper dive into some of these things I've shared with you today, some of the practices that I've come across and still practice to this day, um, how they've impacted my life in such a profound way um, and have helped me to learn about myself Help me to, again, show up better for myself and for the people that I know and love. And I also plan to bring on others to share their own stories and explore the tools and practices that they use. But ultimately, this is about encouraging you to try things out, to not be afraid to explore to search for answers to your own questions you have about yourself, about life, about the universe, to question everything, even the things that you believe to be true now, and to ultimately know that you're not alone. I'm sure there are going to be stories and experiences shared on this podcast that you'll be able to say, I've been through that too. And I think that sense of camaraderie and community will hopefully inspire you to continue to choose courage and to continue exploring even when the path may not be so clear ahead of you. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Meta with Madison. If you have your own stories you'd like to share, um, or if you'd like to work with me, or just have a conversation, I'd love to connect with you. So you can find me on Instagram at the Meta with Madison, or you can send me a message through my website at madisonhatton.com. 
Thanks so much for listening and take care.